Bible, say it like you mean a vision. So I want us to look at a topic I entitled, Our Vision for Ministry. Our Vision for Ministry. Your Vision for Ministry. You know, everything in life that we do, we must have a vision for it. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Come alive, church. I said everything that we do in life, we must have a vision for it. We must plan. On Sunday, I said to you that God, even in Genesis 1, he planned the world. And in Genesis chapter 2, he built the world. There's a scripture in Genesis chapter 2, I think it's verse 5. It says that a man was, there was, there was no rain on earth because man was not in place. Look for that scripture. I think it's verse 7, I think. It says that there was, before, sorry, verse 5, before the plant of the field was in the earth, before any herb of the field had grown, for God, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth, and there was no man. Give me the original King James. It says that, and every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, the Lord had caused, had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. I thought man was created in chapter 1, verse 27. But in chapter 2, verse 5, it says that there was no man in place. That should tell you that God plumbed the world before he created it. Because if you look at chapter 2, he tells you how he created it. Chapter 1 says that let us make. Chapter 2, he tells you that he forms man with the dust of the field and he breathes into him and he becomes a living soul. Hallelujah. All I'm trying to say to you and, uh, and everybody else is that God is a planner. Amen? I said God is a planner. God is a visionary. God has vision. And if we are formed in the image of God, then we must have vision. Amen. We must have vision for our lives. We must have vision for our church. We must have vision for our ministry. You as a Christian, as a child of God, you have a ministry. God has called you and given you a ministry of, of, rich, of, of propagating the gospel to others. He's given you a ministry of reconciliation so that you tell others about salvation. So you are a minister. You have a ministry. Hallelujah. And so you must understand and have a vision for the ministry that God has given you. Am I talking to somebody? 2 Kings chapter 6. It's a long one, but I'm going to read it anyhow. Verse 8 through to 23 says that, Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel, and he consulted with his servants, saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent the king of sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for Syria are coming down there. And the king of Israel sent someone to the place which the man of God had told him. And thus he warned him and was watchful there, not just once or twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by the things. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which one, which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of the servants said, No, none of, of can somebody regulate the lights? It keeps changing and I'm not there. Just make it static for me, please. No one of his servants then one of his servants said, no, none, of, uh, none, my lord, O king. But Elisha the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he said, go and see where he is, that I may send and get him. Amen. So it's a long story. I'm sure you can read it when you get home. But then as time went on, let's jump. Let's jump. So the king sends to go and look for uh, brother Elisha. Amen. So let's go to um, verse 17. 
Then Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray. No, let's, let me go back a little bit to 14. Therefore, he sent horses, chariots, a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was a great army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And the servant said to him, Alas, my master, we shall, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And when the Syrians came down, Elisha prayed to the Lord and said, Strike these people, I pray, with blindness. And he struck them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Hallelujah. So the story goes on and on and on and on. But I want us to look at uh, this man, Elisha. Elisha has a, a servant called Gehazi. And now, this servant has been with him all this while. But the servant could not see Elisha the way he ought to see him. Amen. He could not see him the way he needed to see him. He saw him as somebody. He saw him as a man. Somebody say a man. Elisha had problems. Sorry, Gehazi had problems with Elisha. Hallelujah. He always had problems. Because even though he was a servant, he did not see the man as a spiritual man. Elisha, Gehazi did not have vision for the ministry that he was in. You know, sometimes when you are in a ministry, you join a church, you join a ministry, you must take your time to understand the vision of the place and understand the vision of the man that you are serving. Am I making sense? So that you'll be able to, under, to, to, to do well in that particular place. There's a scripture in um, Acts chapter 9. Let's go to Acts chapter 9. Is that okay? Are you okay? Please pay attention. There's too many distractions. Acts chapter 9. When Saul was, convert, was being converted, there's a scripture in Acts chapter 9 when the Lord said to when, let's go to verse number 10. And there was a certain disciple in Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, the, and he said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said, arise and go to the street called Street and inquire at the house of Judas, one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying, and in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him, that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. And the Lord said, Go, for he is my chosen is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he ought to suffer for my name's sake. Hallelujah. So when God was calling Paul, he had a vision for the guy. Am I, am I coming home? He had a vision for what Paul was supposed to do. Paul was not supposed to be like Peter. He did not call Paul to be like Peter. He did not call Paul to be like Andrew or to be like John or any one of them. He said, I'm calling him specifically for the Gentiles. And I will show him how much he has to suffer for my name. Hallelujah. Remember when uh, Jesus had left, had gone, and the Peter and Co. were discouraged, and they went fishing, and they caught nothing in the 
in the uh, morning when they came back, Jesus was cooking fish for them to eat. Do you remember? He had come and he was cooking fish for them. And he said to Peter, do you love me more than this? Then he said, feed my lamb. And he went on with that conversation. I think it's John 21. And um, he said to, Peter asked Jesus, what will happen to John, the little one? And Jesus said to uh, Peter, as to what I will do with him, how he will die, it's not your business. For you, this is how I, this is what I, this is my vision for you. Hallelujah. I'm trying to say that somebody's vision is not necessarily your vision. Somebody's call to ministry is not necessarily your call to ministry. Every time anyone is called to ministry, God gives a specific ministry or God calls people for specific things. So what you need to do and what I need to do is to find out why God has called me, what God wants from me. Somebody say, what does God want from me? Am I talking to somebody? Are you learning something at all? Yeah. Otherwise, you would, you would be a square peg in a round hole. Otherwise, you will not do things right. Otherwise, you will not give off your best. Because if you don't have a vision, we said on Sunday, when there is no vision, purposes are destroyed, isn't it? We looked at the gutter. How many remember the gutter? The gutter is supposed to channel the water, you know, out of a place. So if the, the gutter is built in a certain shape, that makes the water run in a certain way. Amen. That is how vision is like. Vision is shaped in a certain way so that you can run in a certain way. Am I making sense? You can run in a certain way. So God has shaped you. And, and there's a scripture that says that all things work together for our good. For the good of them that are they're called according to God's purpose, isn't it? All things work together. So it's like things happen. God shapes our life, our destiny and everything. And God places us in a ministry, in a place, for a reason. There are some people, God places you one place, then you shift yourself to another place. He puts you here, then you go here. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm working on something. I hope you will follow me to, to understand what I'm working on. Because... Some, some of us behave like Gehazi. Gehazi was supposed to be a spiritual person. Remember, Elisha was a servant in the same position as Elijah. How many remember? When Elisha was in the position of a servant, he was doing what Gehazi was doing. And he caught a double portion of the anointing. Are you getting it? So now that Eli. Elisha has Gehazi. Gehazi must catch a triple portion of the anointing. But Gehazi missed the boat because he had no vision. He was in ministry without a vision. Unlike Eli Elisha who caught the vision that my, the master is about to leave. You remember when the, the sons of the prophet said that, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master uh, away from you? What did he say? Hold your peace. I know. What I'm trying, I'm trying to get you to see Elisha as a servant against Gehazi as a servant and see that one had the vision for the purpose for which he was there and the other had no vision. Hallelujah. In Philippians chapter 3, Paul says something. Not that I have already attained not that I have already apprehended. But this one thing I do, forgetting what is in the past. Look for that scripture for me. I think it's verse um, 12, yeah. Not that I've already attained or I am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ had laid hold of me. What Paul was saying is that I need to catch a vision for the ministry that God has called me. Whatever I have done in the past, I count it as done so that I may attain, I may get the reason for my apprehension. Why did God call me? What does God want from me? Somebody say, what do you want from me, Lord? Oh, say it like you mean. Say, what do you want from me, Lord? You know, when, when people get saved, our modern Pentecostal doctrine 
teaches us to receive, to get. What have I come for? But if you look in the scripture, it is not about what you have come for. It is what you have come to give. What you have come to do. Amen. He said to Ananias, I have chosen Saul, called Paul, I have chosen him for my work. We, we also read in, in John 15, 16, that you did not choose me, but I chose you and I ordained you that you he appointed you to go and bear fruit and that your fruit should what? Remain. So it means that God chose you, God chose me for a reason. There's a vision that God has for his, his choice. We say that when the purpose or the use of a thing is not known, abuse is inevitable. Do you understand? If you don't know the use of this tablet, I can guarantee you that you may put it on the floor and stamp on it. Or you try and wash it. You wash it with uh, soap and water. <laughs> there's, a, there's a man I know. He, he, he cleans everywhere. And when he gets to the telly, he likes to use soap and water to clean the telly because it's dirty. <laughs> Obviously, he, has, he is not aware the purpose of the television. I, I, are you getting what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So, a lot of us, we are in church, but we don't know the purpose for our being here. We think we have come to receive. Now, that, go back to that scripture we're looking at. You did not choose me, but I chose you that you may go out and bear much fruit, and that your fruit should remain. Then the next verse is that, that whatever... You ask the father, no, no, go back to it. The second half. Remain that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give it to you. So what you ask and you receive is not the first thing. What you ask and you receive is the secondary thing. It is after you have gone and be fruitful, and your fruit remaining, then whatever you ask the father in my name, he will give it to you. But Christ, modern day charismatic church and our doctrine is as soon as that you are born again, everything that you lost, I'll give it back to you seven times. So it's all about our church now. It's all about receiving. All oh, God blessing you. God giving you a new job. God giving you a new car. God giving you a new house. And all, all those things are not wrong. But that is not the reason for you becoming a Christian. That must not be our first vision. So Matthew 6, 33 says, seek first the kingdom of God. Go and be fruitful. And it's righteous. Then all other things that you are looking for will be given. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, I'll give it to you. Amen. We chase things because we don't have a vision. Hallelujah. You see Gehazi, he goes the, the Shunammite woman comes. He goes to lay hands, was it lay a staff on the boy? Guess what? Sorry? The boy doesn't rise. The same staff that the prophet uses to cause miracles, he takes the staff and he goes to use it to raise a boy. He places the staff on the boy like he sees his master doing. Guess what? The boy, nothing happens. Why? Because for Gehazi, it's all about profit. It is all profit and loss. I am here, I have to gain. I am here and I have my own personal vision. My vision here is that this is an opportunity to make money. Do you understand? And, and let us not look and laugh at Gehazi because 
we are Gehazi. Eugene. <laughs> we are Gehazi. We are here, but we are here for our own reason, not for his reason. Am I making sense? Hello? Some of you are looking at me as if you are lost. Gehazi wakes up in the morning. The king of Syria has come and they have surrounded the, the house of Elisha. And Gehazi says to Elisha, his master, Alas, master, we are dead. The original King James, that's why he said, Alas, master, we are dead. There's no way of escape. So the prophet says that, Lord, open his eyes so that he will see that those who are with us are more than those who are. Gehazi, number one, why couldn't Gehazi see? First reason. Somebody say first reason. The first reason why Gehazi couldn't see was because he looked for a man's effort rather than God's effort. Sometimes we are in church, but our efforts are all carnal. We are trying. Have you not heard of people trying to give God, uh, uh, give God their testimony? Go and find somebody's husband. And then you kick the wife out and then you become the wife. And you come to church and give, <laughs> give a testimony that God has blessed you with a, a husband. Look at 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 9. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 9. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stood at the door of Elisha, Elisha's house. And Elisha sent his messenger to him. And he said, go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. But Naaman was furious and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, and he will, he will surely come to me and send me and call the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over my, uh, the place and heal the leprosy. Are not Abana and uh, Fapa, the rivers in, of Damascus, better than the waters in, of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in rage. And his servants came near and spoke to him, saying, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, you would, not, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the sayings of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a child, and he was clean. After Naaman was healed, he returned to give Elisha gifts, but Elisha refused to receive it. To receive it. Amen. And the story goes on to say that as he was leaving, and he left out of the sight of Elisha, Gehazi went around. Verse twenty-six. He went around and he looked for a way to collect the things that his master had let go. Then he said, then when he came back, his, Elisha said, then he said to him, did my heart not go with you when you turned back from his chariots to meet you? Is it time to receive money and to receive clothing, olive groves, and vineyards, sheep and oxen, male and female servants. Therefore, the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and your descendants forever. And he went from his presence, leprous, as white as what? Snow. Hallelujah. The guy had no vision. He, he, he was there not to receive from the man of God. Because, I mean, if Elisha got a double portion of Elijah's anointing and Elisha is about to go 
you think that if the sequence is to follow, Gehazi will not get a better portion of the anointing. He will get much more. But he had no vision. He was too carnal. And so, the Elisha died with the anointing intact. Amen. Am I talking to somebody? He was there, but he could not receive. He, go, he goes to raise the boy. And his whole mind of going to raise the boy is so that after that, because the woman was very rich. After, just like he did with Naaman, he will go around and collect things. I know people who follow great men of God because they are using him as a platform to launch their own ministry. So you see your man of God as a platform to launch your prophetic ministry. So you have a vision within the vision. Anytime you have more than one vision, it's called what? A die vision. Die means 12, two. So you have one vision, unique vision. When you add another vision to the vision, what do you have? Division, which is division. Amen. And the Bible says, any kingdom that is divided against itself will not stand. Hallelujah. So when your vision is alien to the vision that God has for you, obviously it will not stand. Am I, am I making sense? So I'm trying to get us to see how we can become ministers with his vision, not our vision. Amen. Paul, uh, Paul says, why have you healed me? Why have you accosted me in chapter 9? And he says that, in Ananias, tell him the reason why I have apprehended him. So I have called him to the Gentiles. We said that when you know your vision, your efforts are enhanced, isn't it? When you are not building just piling bricks together or building just a wall, but you are building a cathedral, you don't get tired when the first level of wall is done. Do you understand what I'm saying? When the first side of the wall is built, the one who was building a wall is satisfied because he's finished the, what he came for. The one who had the brick laying, he's like, I've laid, there's a few bricks I've laid. So I've done well. Do you understand? But the one who is building a cathedral knows that the cathedral needs at least, how many sites? At least four sites. And then, there must be divisions in the place. The rooms must be divided, which means that multiples of four sites must come in. So when he builds the first site, he's not excited. When he builds the second site, he's not excited. When he builds all the four, he knows that now I need to put rooms in there. I need to have different chambers. Hallelujah. So the vision prolongs his effort. Amen. The vision does not allow him to be distracted when distractions come. How many know that in life, distraction will always come? Life itself is a distraction. Because as you are living, you may fall ill. It's a distraction, isn't it? You may have to marry. It's a distraction. You may have to have children. It's what? A distraction. You have to go to school. It's a distraction. You have to graduate. It's a distraction. You have to get a job. It's a distraction. You have to travel. It's a dis- All these things are distractions that are not part of living. Am I making sense? But that should not change your long-term vision. Amen. The vision must be given. I am praying that by the time we finish today, you will be like Paul and know, say, say that not that I've apprehended. Not that I have already attained. But this one thing I do, I forget everything. And I press on 
so that I may be able to apprehend the purpose for which I was apprehended. Why did he call me? What does he want from me? What does he want me to do? Peter, he says to Peter that you, I want you to, to, to die unusual death upside down. So when you're a child, you went everywhere you, you are going, but when you are old, people have to lead you. Then he said, what about that guy? I thought you, our vision should be the same. He said, no, no, no. What is it to do with you? This is different from yours. Everybody's vision is different. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Are you learning something? Our vision statement is a picture of the future that we believe God has for us. We are asking God to open our eyes to help us like uh, uh, Elisha uh, prayed. Lord, open our eyes to help us to see where he wants us to go, where he, what he wants us to do. Like Paul, know why he has called you. Amen. You know, when the disciples had been following Jesus for a while, they were like bricklayers. Go and buy food, they go. Sit them down, they sit. You know, block the women and the children who want miracles away from me. And they, they do. Do this, then they do it. Do, they're just laying bricks. But somewhere along the line, Jesus decided to give them a vision of their ministry. Amen. Come with me to Matthew 16. Let's start for maybe 20. Then he commanded the disciples that they should not tell. Okay, so let me give you a, a, a backdrop. So it's like, who do men say that I am? Then he says, some says you are Elijah, some say you are this, some say you are that, some say you are that. Then he asks, but who do you say I am? And then Peter says that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Then he said to Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. Then he commanded the disciples that they should not tell anyone that he was the Christ. Verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Hallelujah. So now he's, be he's beginning to give them a vision into the ministry that they are in. Are you, are you getting it? And like Paul being as carnal as Gehazi, uh, Peter being as carnal as Gehazi was, says what? Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him and saying that far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. See, now Satan has entered the church. Verse 23. But he turned about and said, get thee behind me, Satan. For you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. So what vision do you carry? Is it the God vision or the things of men vision? I'm saying some very serious things today. I, don't, I hope you are hearing me. Why are you here? What did you come to do? You see, our vision is supposed to reflect the unique values of the faith. Amen. We have in, the God, in our God and his call. Amen. What is our vision? In CICC, why are we here? What is our vision? What did we come here to do? So if you're going to be a valued member and you're going to do very well in, in, in this organization, you must know the vision of the church. 
Is it a prosperity center? Prosperity Avenue? There are some places that call themselves deliverance center. So here we deliver people. Yeah, dominion center. I'm not saying any of those things are wrong. But what I'm trying to make you aware is that there must be a vision for the mission. Are you with me? When you are working with a, a man, you, maybe you start uh, going out with a man, you must have a vision for the relationship. Are you with me? Otherwise, it goes nowhere. Hello? You don't like what I'm saying so far? There must be a, there must be a vision for the relationship. You start a business. What's your vision? Oh, my, my vision is to, make, to get money. You are not going to do very well. Because that's a very bad vision to have. <laughs> I'm starting this business to make money. No, money rewards your mission. Am I making sense? So you must have a mission or a vision. That's why every organization has a mission statement. The mission statement is actually the vision of the organization. So you start the business. I want to supply water to places where there's no water. So my vision or our, my mission is to make sure that there's no testy human being on the earth. Am I making sense? How do I go about fulfilling this mission? Now, I cannot carry water everywhere in the world I go. It's impossible for me to find, uh, to carry water to every, every corner of the world. But then I make a research that the world itself or the earth sits on a water body. So everywhere in the world, if you drill deep into the earth, into a certain level, water flows. Okay, I'm giving you my mission for my, my business. So now, I need to speak to engineer Ross to come up with a, some machinery that can easily drill wherever I am in the world, whether through rocks or through whatever, I can drill to access the water. So he devised, or we devised a, a drilling machine that can be carried anywhere in the world. My mission is what? To make sure that there's no thirsty human being on the earth. So guess what? When I go to a places where there's no water, and then I do my magic, and then all of a sudden there's water coming so that not everybody can get water to drink. Do you know that when, there's, when you're in the middle of the desert where there's no water, water is more expensive than any, any, any expensive thing you can, commodity, than diamonds. You give a very a dying, testy, dying person water or diamond. What do you think they'll choose? <laughs> if they die, there's no value to the diamond. <laughs> they will exchange the diamonds for the water. Are you with me? So guess, you just, uh, I, I mean, indulge me, I, I just imagine with me. I go to the middle of the desert and I find a group of people living there and they have diamonds. And I come with my magic. I trail and then I give them water. I name the price I want for the water. And as if I say that all I want is all the diamonds you have. They will give it for the water I have. Then I go somewhere else. I do the same thing. I get so, the money or the wealth I am now getting is just a reward for the solution that I'm providing for everybody. Am I making sense? So, I don't start with money. Because that's a very bad vision to have. Yeah, you getting it. But I start with a vision. And as I pursue the vision... And as I do it right, money follows. Hallelujah. People will pay for what you are giving them that is valuable. 
So if you focus on giving them what is valuable, they will exchange it for what you need. If heaven is looking for a man, for I sought for a man who will stand in the gap, and then heaven finds you, and you stand in the gap, you are doing the bidding of heaven, just like the man in the desert who wants water. You have drilled and you are providing water. And they have diamonds. What do you think they will do? They will give you the diamonds. Because you have given them water. So if you can do the bidding of heaven, then heaven will give you what you are looking for. I think you missed a good place to put your hands together. Hallelujah. So we need to ask God to open our eyes. So that we will see and have an insight to his call on our lives. I want us to look at the importance of a clear vision. Number one, the importance of a clear vision in ministry is because it increases your morale and reduces your frustration. Listen, serving God is not easy. See, when people come to church, they think it's very, very easy. Dealing with people is so easy. It's the work in the park. This pastor thing, that gig that you have, everybody can do it. I'm thinking about becoming one. You know, back in the day, when people go to school and they fail all their exams, <laughs> and they don't, they can't pass to go to university or anything. And a few things don't go their way. Then the next option they have is to go become a pastor, go become a priest, <laughs> go to Bible school. If you are unemployed and you can't get a job, then you find you become a full time minister and begin to preach. Hala. <laughs> You don't understand. Hallelujah. If you don't have a proper vision, this place will frustrate you and will chase you out. Do you know that there are more people who leave ministry than people who come into ministry? More churches close than churches that are starting. More ministries fail and ministry succeed. Hallelujah. More churches fail than they succeed. It is, it is actually not a major thing for a church to close. It is actually a surprise when a church succeeds. According to statistics, what is the percentage? Of churches that close first five years. See, the probability of a church closing within the first five years of its inception is, is very high. That's why when churches, churches like to celebrate anniversaries. <laughs> because it tells you that I did not die, I succeeded. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. When you don't have a clear vision, life ministry will frustrate you. People are very frustrating. I mean, it's not easy to deal with people. But people are very funny. They forget what you have done for them. People are very ungrateful and wicked. Hallelujah. So you need to have a vision. Otherwise, halfway through the building of the wall, you will leave. You know the bricklayer? He's building. He is outside in the open to the elements. The rain is coming. The sun is coming. The weather is changing. Are you with me? Wind is blowing. 
And all those things affect your morale. Because how many know that when the sun is out and everybody's at the park having barbecue and relaxing and you're having fun, it's not very, very exciting being cooped up on the building site working when everybody else is in the sun chilling. How many know what I'm talking about? It's not very, it's not very, very, very exciting thing. Uh, uh, how many know that when you are working and it's cold in the middle of the winter and you are outside in the snow and you are laying bricks, it's not a very exciting thing. <laughs> are you understanding what I'm saying? So if you don't have a vision for what you are doing, you will quit before your time. Amen. Christianity is not a joke. That's why even Jesus said that if you follow me to the end, then are you my disciples. But as for the beginning, everybody begins. Look for that scripture for me. I think it's John 6 somewhere. Or John 8. says that if you follow me to the end, then are you my disciples. You don't become my disciples just before because you started following me. You just came to church. No. John 8, 31. 8, 31. Then he said to those few Jews who believed, if you abide in my word and you are healed, no, no, no. It's um, when he says that you have to eat my flesh. It's go up. Say when you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. Then the people left. Then he said to the disciples, would you also leave? That was when he said that if you follow me to the end, then are you my disciples. 655. John 6.55. I knew it was between 6 and 8. I wasn't sure where it was. Are you there? Go on. Read on. I'm looking for... Go, 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 go. Keep going till you get to where I'm looking for. Have you found it? Oh, you people are not helping me at all. If you follow to the end, then are you my disciples? Pastor Sam, I thought you were a Bible scholar. Have you found it? Hey. Yeah, that's the one I'm looking for. 20 what? Look at, let's look at that one. If you follow to the end, then will you qualify to be my disciples? Then would you be saved? If you follow, what is it, Matthew what? 24, 13. He will endure to the end. That is the one. He didn't say that he's the one who starts. Because the start is easy. <laughs> Are you getting it? Be a Christian today doesn't guarantee that you will be a Christian tomorrow. There are people who have preached. That's why I said that there will be people who say that we preached in your name. We cast out demons in your name. And you say that depart from me, 
for I know you not. Why? Because you started. But as things went on, because you didn't have the vision, the vision was diverted with John 8.31. That's the one I'm, I'm, if you continue, if you con, uh, continue in my word, so, so original co- King James. Yeah, then are you my disciples indeed. Continue, not start. Do you get it? Because start is fine. But you have to continue to the end. Then you qualify. Am I making sense? Oh, I said, am I making sense? Hallelujah. We need to continue to the end. And the thing that will make us be able to continue to the end is when we have the vision, a clear vision. When we have a clear vision that I'm here, he did no, I did not choose him, but he chose me. And he ordained me to be a priest, and that I should go out and bring f- bare fruit, and that the fruit should remain and grow, which means I need to go out evangelism to bring wind souls, bring them to the church, and nurture them for them to grow and remain. Then whatever I ask for the Father in his name, he will give it to me. So it's a clear vision. I go out, I win souls, I bring them in, I nurture them, that is the job. Then he rewards. Amen. Amen. How many know that when you go to work anywhere, you get a clear contract and you know your job description very clearly, you do well. But if you don't have a good job description and you don't know why you have been employed, you will not do very well. <laughs> Hallelujah. So when the vision of the ministry is not clearly defined, just as we said, when uh, vision is not known, people cast off restraint. They just behave anyhow. And that causes the ministry. Am I making sense? Yeah. So we need to be, that is why the camp is very important. Amen. Amen. Because the vision of the house of God is clearly stated at the camp so that we understand. Write the vision and make it what? Plain. That they that see it may be able to run. Habakkuk 2.2. If the vision is made clear, then those who read it, they are able to run with it. Amen. Amen. You cannot run very well if you do not have a vision. Vision also attracts cooperation. Amen. If I clearly state the vision of my mission to you, then you are able to help very well. Because you know the role and you know what is demanded of you. Am I making sense? That is why as a pastor, as a ministry shepherd, as a leader, you always have to get your people to go to the place, the source of the vision, so that they can understand it clearly. Because they cannot run if they don't know what they are running for. Hallelujah. You can get very good 400 meter runners. But the fact that you have the first, second, third, fourth, Best 400 meter runners in the Olympic Games doesn't mean that they win the four by four race. Am I making sense? Individually, they are the best, but they need to have a vision, a strategy that sinks so that they'll be able to cooperate very well. Because as I am coming to end, uh, end of my 400 meter that I've run. I need to sync my speed with your speed so that I'm able to hand the button 
you know, at the right time, at the right place, so that you can take off where I am stopping to run on the same pace and then go up to a, a faster speed. And then when you are finishing your end of the 100 meters, the person you are about to give the, the button to must have the same speed or else the button will fall. Most of the time, the fastest 400, 4 by 4 meter, they lose because the button falls. Sometimes because they feel that they are the best, they don't take time to rehearse the change of button like the others who know that they are not fast. So they rely. You know, most of it, I like watch athletics very much. So you see that in the last four, four uh, world championships and uh, four uh, Olympic games, two, two of the fastest teams in, uh, in athletics, in four by relay race, is Jamaica and U US. But most of the time, UK, that is not fast, always either come second, come first. You know why? Because they know that they are not individually good. So they practice on the change of button. Whereas the Jamaicans, and the, they, they focus on their individual races. So they come together and they just rehearse a, li a little bit. And then they try, they try to you know, and, and so you see that half of the time they, the button is dropped. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah, because you are not clear in the vision. The mission is not known. So there's no proper cooperation. Hallelujah. That's why those who need to cooperate with me must sit down to get my vision. Otherwise, the button is going to be dropped. That is why I was very furious with all the leaders who didn't show up. And I said to Pastor Sam, suck everybody. Because how can you support when the vision is not known to you? What are you supporting? Are you getting what I'm saying? You can't support what you don't know or understand. Because you would think that here is like there. Do you get it? You know, when you are looking at, I'm going back to the relay race. When you go to the relay race, some take the button this high. Okay? Some take the button this high. So, the person who is taking off doesn't do anything. Is the one who is bringing the button who must know where the hand is. So when we decide that the hand is going to be here, it's like it's automatic. You keep your hand there and I'll find it. When the hand goes high, it means that both of us are supposed to be in sync. So that, that it is not you or uh, it's both of us. Are you, are you getting it? So it's a high risk maneuver when your hand is high up. Most of the people, they pass it low. So you don't have to move so that we don't have the risk of losing the button. Are you getting it? So the honest is on the one who is bringing the button. To know where the hand is, the hand is and make sure that he puts the hand, the button right where the hand is. Hallelujah. Are you getting it? So sometimes you see the four, four people. You know, come, give me four, four people quickly. Come, 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 come. Yeah, I want to use this, the younger ones. Come, you need to come. Bring, bring the microphone. Okay. So, so we are going to, I just need one. Okay. So, what I need you guys to do is you hold, you are the last person, you come in the middle. So, you are going to just jog slowly, and then you just put your hand here. Then you put, uh, put it. So a hand here, put it in a hand. As soon as you get it, you also jog. Put your hand properly and then do the same thing. You also put your hand this way and you collect it. No, so you do, you receive it this way. You receive it in the head and use the tail to give. 
Okay, so you start. You receive with the head. You use the tail to give. So, and then so yeah, and then so then ten rounds, then ten rounds. Do do the same job, and then yes. So you see them all the time. You see them rehearsing this move as they are jogging slowly, over and over again. Can you see? Over and over again, they are rehearsing the same routine so that it becomes second nature. Thank you very much, Consider. It becomes a second nature. It becomes a second nature to the people how to receive it. Can you see that this hand is not very high? Are you with me? But he knows that the, the, the uh, can you see that the guy is the one who is making, concentrating that he will not miss the hand. So now the onus is on the second person, the first person with the baton to find the hand. And your job as a, lead, a takeoff person is that as soon as you feel the baton in your hand, you grab it and you go. Do you get it? So cooperation is only enhanced when the vision is clear. When the strategy we are using is very clear. But when the strategy is not clear, the vision is not clear, we are going to fail. Jesus said that those who are not with me are what? If you don't help me to gather, what are you doing? Yes. So I am seeing the one who is not helping because he hasn't seen the vision that I have. He's helping me to scatter. And I wouldn't need such a person to work. Because you cause more problems than doing good. Have you ever swept a room with a child before? As you are sweeping this way, the child is sweeping what? That way. It would be better and easier for you to sweep by yourself. But than the child you are sweeping, they also they are busy, but they don't have a vision, your vision. Because to sweep very quickly. You must have a vision. I'm sweeping this way. And I'll gather it at this side. So I sweep this side to gather it there. But the child don't have your vision. He has seen that all you do is you go. You move it this way. So as you're moving this way, they're also moving it that way. You move it this way, they move it that way. You move. <laughs> but you'll be there the whole day and you'll never get the job done. Because you are working with somebody who is, doesn't understand the vision. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Yeah. So it's very, very important. Just like, I mean, we saw with Brother Prince. He was working. But he was working contrary to what we were doing. Because he was sweeping. A lot of energy, but it was sweeping contrary to the way we were sweeping. We want a mass choir. He wants four talented solo artists that can sing very well. <laughs> so, guess what? I mean, we want an orchestra. He wants computerized three top musicians. That is contrary. I ain't getting it. So when we get to a place like a camp, then we can refocus the vision. That no, what you are thinking is wrong. This is not the way. This is rather what we want to do. Then the person understands now the vision and is able to run in sync like the four by four, so that we win the gold, even though we are not the fastest. There's a clear vision. Was it uh, the last uh, world championship or the Olympic Games that the British ladies won? They, they, they beat the Americans. The almighty Americans were beaten. And the Jamaicans also were beaten. I think Americans didn't finish. Jamaicans were second or something. Even though they are supposed to be faster than the British team. Why? Because the, the vision was not very clear. Somebody somewhere threw the button away. 
Come on, make sense. I like this, this uh, picture. So, vision attracts cooperation. Amen. Clear purpose attracts cooperation. When people are, know what you are doing, the people can join in. When the church has a clear vision, and new plans will be added to that vision as God reveals it to them, and they will be able to go. Every day, God is doing a new thing. Are you with me? So maybe the vision or the, or the strategy we were using last year doesn't apply this year. Are you getting it? So if you are not in tandem, you'll be operating on last year's plan, whereas we are in this year's plan. Am I making sense? So it's very important that we all understand what we are doing. Number three, vision allows concentration. We read it in Philippians 3.13. Not that I, I count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting all the things that are behind and reaching forth for those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal of the price of the upward call. Amen. And the verse 15 says that let as many that are mature have this in mind. If anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Amen. So he said that if you are going to be mature, then you have to learn and be able to do it. You have to learn how to have a vision so that you can focus on it. Paul had a vision. And he was focused on it. And he's saying that all of us must have the vision so that we can be focused on our mission. Otherwise, we will run everywhere but where we are supposed to go. Amen. Amen. So we must learn how to share the focus or share the vision with others. Amen. So that they will be more effective. Am I making sense? Again, let me end with this. Oh, my time is up, isn't it? Last one. Vision assists evaluation. If you don't have a vision, how would you know whether you are doing well or not? If there's no destiny, destination, how do you know when you arrive? <laughs> it's like we are traveling. Yeah. How would you know when you get to the destination? Because we didn't have a destination to start with. And we started traveling. 